0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Rush Hour 2 is the second film in the Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker franchise of action comedies that I'm going to be talking about in this episode, obviously, otherwise it would be really dumb for me to start out with the title of a different movie a little bait and switch No, I'm talking about the uh, second film in the rush hour franchise this one came out in the year 2001 I remember this movie uh, quite a bit because I was working at a movie theater at the time and this one I remember having to watch not once but twice in the movie theater because the first time I was far too intoxicated, uh, and, uh, but did enjoy it. This one, reuniting Carter and Lee. Uh, this time they are in Hong Kong. This takes place pretty much directly after the first one. At the end of Rush Hour 1, uh, Carter is joining Lee on his flight back to Hong Kong. Carter, the day after... Everything went down in the first one. Carter decides to take a vacation, uh, which, you know, isn't that uh, weird for a police officer to take uh, vacations after extremely crazy events happen. Uh, They tend to get vacation time after murdering people all of the time. Uh, But this one, it is more of a little bit of a recreation for Tucker. Uh, so they are opening this movie they are opening with uh tucker and uh, tucker uh, with uh carter and lee uh they've he's been in hong kong for a while now and kind of upset because lee keeps uh doing work uh he's not you know relaxing he's not actually able to uh be able to enjoy his vacation very similar to like die hard in a way complaining about i'm not i'm supposed to be on vacation uh and just just uh carter's pretty much his character uh complains about everything complains about everything including lee like one of the things that annoyed me in this movie re-watching it is how carter complains and blames Lee for everything everything that happens despite the fact that Lee is the one who saves the day all the time uh, Carter is still constantly blaming him and it's as if they had never bonded in the first movie which I'm kind of it's kind of a bummer when movies do that when it's like they'll be, they'll be the first movie and you have these two characters that bond and then they have a sequel and And for whatever reason, in the sequel, they have to act like they never became friends in the first place. Although they do bond a little bit more. There's the scene of them singing to the Beach Boys in the car, which, you know, along with so many other callbacks to the first movie, there is the callback. But it's flipped now because now they're in Hong Kong. Uh, There's the don't ever touch a Chinaman's uh, radio, Uh, you know, the the. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth is another line that gets uh, brought up again. Uh, there's a lot of callbacks to the the first one. Even a callback to the, the uh, bloopers of the first movie where there's a fight scene that takes place in a massage parlor. And during the massage, they both, uh, Lee and Carter, do a little dance after they beat everybody up. Which is a scene that happened... Uh, in the bloopers of the first movie, when they're in the Chinese restaurant, uh, after they beat up everybody in the bloopers, they, they show them dancing. So it's fun. It's fun. All the references they have, uh, they go into a... Uh, uh, they're basically, the premise, the, the thing that makes everything worth doing in this movie uh, is they're trying to track down this guy who's, who's able to counterfeit money uh and uh is able to do it so well that the only way to tell if it's a counterfeit bill is to light it on fire and if it burns red then it's counterfeit whereas real money and it's only american money too by the way the only the other thing so that's kind of the premise what they're trying to track down the thing that doesn't make any sense is that the American government is in charge of the investigation for some reason. Like the things are going down in Hong Kong. And yet the American secret service is like their secret service and custom agents are the one are the ones who are investigating this, these crimes for some reason. Like again, I understand action movies. They're like porn we're not really there for the story it's all about the action scenes but like so many of these movies could be elevated so much if they also had a good story right because i think jackie chan I, I think he's a great actor uh, you know maybe it's my bias maybe it's because i grew up watching jackie chan movies he can do no wrong I think Chris Tucker has the ability to be a good actor. You know, obviously it's the script in this in these movies that it's like they don't really care about what's bringing these guys into trouble. It's all about setting up scenarios for them to fight uh, and for action set pieces to happen. Which, along with the first movie, along with every Jackie Chan movie, there's great action scenes. You get to see Jackie Chan effortlessly beat up multiple people. Even Chris Tucker looks like he can beat up people in this movie, which I appreciate as well. Uh, So all the action set pieces, there's the action set piece that's on the the bamboo scaffolding, which bamboo scaffolding is like a well-known... Scaffolding in general is like a great place to set an action scene, especially a Jackie Chan action scene. Plenty of opportunity for parkourness, uh, for crazy death-defying stunts. Uh, and just like a unique place for people to be fighting. Um, of course, this movie is still racist, which is a bummer. Just the casual racism uh from from Chris Tucker's character from Carter throughout the entire movie. The fact that the United States government is for some reason in charge of this investigation for no reason it makes no it makes no sense why they would be in charge. of of an investigation into hong kong um but this movie does it starts off in hong kong goes back to la and then ends up in vegas uh so i guess you know it's as far as to make the story work it makes sense that they that the u.s government would be involved and it's they're counterfeiting american currency so i guess TMF. So once again go to slash tmf merch and save 10% when you use coupon code RTS TMF. And now back to our show. The casino in the Vegas s- thing is the Red Dragon, but it's owned by an old white guy. Like that doesn't make it's just like I mean it it makes sense because cultural appropriation has been going on forever and far be it from uh, capitalism to all of a sudden be be woke in any way uh but just so many aspects of this movie are kind of a bummer uh for whatever reason as a kid i you know although i wasn't very much a kid i was early 20s when this came out uh like i didn't even care i i you know the casual racism wasn't really Uh, something that uh, that really wasn't as noticeable until I got older but this movie has a ton of it and of course I mean it's just and even just Carter's character like throughout the entire movie is is just it's a bummer it is a bummer it doesn't need to be because it's like it's casual racism for comedy purposes like that is one of the ways it's supposed to be funny is that, oh, this, this black dude's just super racist. And there's even a scene at towards the end when they're at the casino and they're trying to find out, they're trying to, you know, stop this stuff from happening. And as a distraction, Carter goes to play roulette or whatever, or craps or whatever the, the, the game is. And he's accusing the, the guy running the table of being racist. You know, which which is kind of it's a table. It's a high roller table where it's fifty thousand dollar minimum buy in. And or five. Yeah. Fifty thousand dollar minimum. He puts one hundred thousand dollars down and he's angry that he's only given five hundred dollar chips instead of a thousand dollar chips. First off, you're not. It's a five fifty thousand dollar minimum. And you barely put you put double that. It's like going to a five. It's going to like a slot machine of like a, a dollar minimum slot machine, and you put in two dollars. It's you're not really showing that you are financially of you know able to be playing these games if you're just barely able to go over what the minimum is, and then. These people get excited like he's up like to $200,000 and for some reason like everybody is excited around the table. Like that I don't know why that is the thing that I decided to nitpick in this entire movie of things that aren't realistic and shouldn't be in the movie. One of the big things of this is there's a scene where uh i i forget what agency she works for but she's kind of a love interest for jackie chan which is pretty rare and like it's it's rare for jackie chan to have love interests in any of these movies but it's like this love interest kind of for him and there's a scene where like they think that somebody delivered a bomb to her and you see jackie chan which is hilarious you know they're I mean, it's that this entire scene is kind of funny, but ends in a way that makes it feel like we're in a spoof movie, like we're in a naked gun movie. But it's like the, they're back in L.A., right? They're at, in a stakeout. They're, they're watching this woman that's across the way, right, who they're investigating, and she gets delivered a package. And previously in the movie, the same person who delivered a package, it was a bomb. So they're like, oh, shit, she's about to get exploded. So they run over. Somehow they get down the hotel they're in, run over across the street to this other hotel, go all the way up to whatever room it is. And they just like, I think this is the room. And they start banging on it. They kick the door open. They grab the package. And it's this hilarious scene of Jackie Chan kind of running with the package in his hand, you know, because it's about to blow up. They go up to the roof. And she follows him up to the roof. She's wearing a robe. She's wearing lingerie. And was, there's was this funny scene where they were looking, spying on her. And she starts getting naked. And you see Jackie Chan just kind of getting flustered. And like, oh, she's... Which is one of the things that makes me think Jackie Chan could be a good actor. Uh, because he, he pulled off that, like, ooh, this is, like, naughty. And I'm watching this. But, like, in an effort to prove that she is law enforcement, she flashes the tiniest badge that is clipped to her bra it is the dumbest aspect of this movie that makes me feel like i'm watching a naked gun movie like this is a spoof this is like at no point none of this stuff is like grounded and real not that it should be but like come on like put a a normal size badge police badge on like a chain or something Or even have it clipped on the inside of a robe, which would make no sense at all. But to say that, like, police, like, law enforcement of any kind would make a tiny badge. And I mean tiny badge, like a one-inch size badge that for officers to clip onto their bra in, in the instance that they may need to identify themselves. Not that a badge is identification to begin with. Uh, but she flashes this tiny little badge, and it is stupid uh but aside from that, aside from that, the tiny badge, and aside from how excited people get for like like he should be winning millions of dollars at at this this uh like roulette table or whatever, but he's like i think he gets up to like five hundred thousand dollars at one point, and like the whole casino is excited for him it, it it's kind of ridiculous like. It's like they don't, they don't think people understand what money is or whatever. But there's also some fun scenes. There's a karaoke scene early on where Chris Tucker's character Carter is singing Michael Jackson. Uh, it's kind of funny, but then followed by a completely racist scene where they're in Hong Kong and Carter's like talking down to everybody. He's, he's not showing any respect to Lee, who is the actual one who is law enforcement in that country in that continent in that city but no because carter is 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 not chinese he is superior to lee and all of the people in this in this restaurant and like pretending to say like like pretending to speak chinese and then part of this movie is that he's actually saying chinese words but like just saying them wrong. I know there's a lot of aspects of this that were kind of a bummer to watch, um, but whatever. But whatever. Uh, there's a funny scene like after they get there. I think it's after the massage parlor fight. Uh, they end up getting caught and uh, dumped on the freeway naked. That was kind of funny. They they're going into the the police department just you know holding stuff around them and it's i don't know they, they, there's some funny funny scenes join inspired disorder plus today head on over to inspired slash plus to join membership includes members only discounts and deals you get access to the ray taylor show completely ad free as well as bonus episodes you get access to the complete live painting archive You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspired Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. There's a scene where uh, after the bomb goes off and Lee thinks that Carter was, died in the explosion at that same police department, uh, where Carter's in his car and he's listening to the radio and P. Diddy's Every Step You Take uh, tribute song to, to Puff Daddy or to uh, uh, Notorious B.I.G. came on, and he's getting all emotional. That's kind of a fun scene. Uh, I guess the that scene is in some ways a callback to the little girl singing fantasy in the, the beginning of Rush Hour 1, maybe. I don't know. They're like, we need to have a character in a car listening to a popular hip-hop song. Not that Mariah Carey's hip-hop, but she was in that world for for a moment back in those days. Um uh, The way this movie ends, which I don't think is how... I really don't think I've watched the third one yet. So it's going to be interesting to see... Because the third movie came out in, like, 2007. And I don't think I was watching a lot of movies around that time. And I don't really have a memory of it. But the way this one ends, they're going to... After the mission's over or whatever, uh, they decide they're going to go to uh, New York. Because, you know... Lee's never never been to a a basketball game at Madison Square Garden, which there's a funny blooper at the end of the movie where he keeps trying to say Madison Square Garden. Um, So they decide to both go on a vacation there. uh, And there's like this love interest. So I don't know if that love interest sticks around for the third one either. Um, But yeah, it's overall still fun. You know, there's the casino fight scenes. There's the scene where Jackie Chan has the bomb put in his mouth. And then the the evil uh, martial arts woman bad guy is, you know, threatening to blow it up. Uh, There's the 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 female fight, the 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 agent that has the tiny little badge is fighting the the bad guy woman that's uh, been bombing people. So it's funny that there's some there's some fun cameos. You have uh, Don Cheadle is in this movie. Uh, and fights Jackie Chan, which I thought was awesome. So good. So good. Uh, and it's just, you know, a very small part. I don't even think Don Cheadle's, like, uncredited in the movie, uh, which he, it's surprising how many movies Don Cheadle is uncredited in. Uh, and there's also Jeremy Piven plays, like, uh, this, like, fashion, gay fashion guy when they're in Vegas and they're looking to get get all suited up for the grand opening of this casino. Uh, so some fun cameos, you know, Don Cheadle fighting Jackie Chan is probably the most the the best kind of scene in this where they're they're like evenly matched and they both trained from the same family of people. Just one was a brother that came to America and trained in the Bronx and the other one was stay, still in China. So that was kind of fun. That was a fun scene. Uh, but other than that, you know, overall, a fun movie. Uh. I'm kind of interested to see, one, how much casual racism is in the third one, but then also going back and to revisit the uh, the Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights movie that uh, Jackie Chan did with Owen Wilson, uh, to see if there's the same kind of casual racism in that one as well. Uh, I don't rem- like. I don't remember it being that. And, uh, you know, so we'll see. We'll see if if my opinions changed on those movies. Um, But uh, I'm I am excited to see the third one. I think the third one I saw takes place in Paris. Uh, So it's not maybe it starts in New York and then they go to Paris. But we'll see. We'll see if it takes place right after the events of this one or not. Uh, But it is weird that like after these big cases are done, like they just they go on a vacation. That's, like, how each one of these end. And there's, like, a scene where they're ordering food on an airplane. It's kind of, it's it's weird how they, which so many sequels do this, where they, they use the first movie as a template for the second movie. No, no franchise does it as egregiously as the Hangover franchise, which I've never seen the third movie of that franchise either. But the first movie and the second movie are basically the exact same movie. Like, the second movie of Hangover is, like, beat for beat. The first movie, just set in a different location. Um, maybe I'll go through that franchise next, but uh, it'll definitely be a franchise that I talk a lot of shit about. But again, Jackie Chan is the best, and it like I like Chris Tucker as the guy that he's teamed up with. I like Chris. I think Chris Tucker's funny. I think they're able to make Chris Tucker look like he can actually fight. I just find it depressing that he is the casual racism he's constantly crying and blaming lee like the, he he at no point has any respect for lee despite the fact they're in his hometown they're in his country he has zero respect for him it's a bummer it's a bummer what they did with that character uh so hopefully the third movie there's some more respect paid cuz it's like lee is doing all of the stuff like it's very rare that Carter saves Lee. Uh, but anyway, Rush Hour 2. Check it out. It's fun. It's fun. It's not the greatest, but it's fun. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Oh!